Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I'm an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My co-host is my friend Chan. Good afternoon, folks. And today we are discussing Chapter 16 of Persuasion by Jane Austen. In Chapter 16, Lady Russell gets to know Mr. Elliot. Then Anne talks more about Mr. Elliot to Lady Russell. Then the cousins, the Dorimples, turn up and cause havoc in Camden Place. They renew their acquaintance with the Dorimples. Anne's not impressed by it, but Mr. Elliot sweeps, talks her, and tells her they're good acquaintance to have. We start off the chapter with Mrs. Clay saying, I should go now that Anne is here. And Elizabeth says, she is nothing to me compared to you. That is such an insult. Elizabeth definitely deserves her comeuppance. I suppose Elizabeth in this really comes across like an equivalent of, say, Miss Finley, wasn't she? Only without the money, with all the status but no money. I was just thinking about Mrs Clay. You know, I can't actually find it in me to dislike, dislike her. She's trying to do the best for herself in her situation. She's in not a very positive situation. She's obviously the widow of a not necessarily affluent gentleman, otherwise she wouldn't have to come back and live with her father. She has a, she has a son. She has children, yes. She does have children. You know, in what essentially was a very materialistic world, where people married for advantage, the rich as well as the not-so-rich, well, what she's doing is perfectly reasonable. She's aiming high, but yeah, but when she, you put it like that, there's nothing wrong with it, really. There's nothing wrong with it, and she's never been unpleasant with Anne that I, I recollect. She's never looked down on Anne, as far as we can tell. No. We don't know between her and Elizabeth. Secretly, they might talk shit about Anne, but that's never... She might tend to agree with Anne, but you don't really know anywhere what Mrs Clay thinks at all. You only see her outward behaviour, which is in her own best interests. I can't find it in me to be critical of her, really, but I can understand why Anne would be very apprehensive of this woman coming in and taking the role of her mother. Sir Walter thinks that she's improved in looks. Walter is as thick as two short blanks. He's just wishful thinking. He's totally obtuse, obnoxious, self-important. And it just continually reinforces this delight for the superficial. No substance in him whatsoever. It's all that superficial. I think there's something to be said for People being more attractive when you like them. Oh, yes. And I think that's part of it. She's started to grow on Sir Walter. Well, she knows how to relate to him in such a way that it obviously builds his ego. And when it boils down to it, while she might not be the most beautiful of women, she's obviously not a complete antidote. Not completely ugly. No, because then Elizabeth wouldn't want to be around her either. No. A little bit like Harriet Smith in the sense of she's not going to be dressed as finely. She's not going to have the makeup and all that other stuff that Elizabeth had. So Elizabeth will always look good sitting next to her. She will have a maturity of life that Elizabeth won't have. Lady Russell is vexed. The sight of Mrs Clay in such favour and of Anne so overlooked was a perpetual provocation. And vexed her as much as when she was away. 
if only as a person in Bath who drinks the water, gets all the new publications, and has a very large acquaintance, has time to be vexed. So it's not exactly trifling her too much. Contrarily, her opinion of Mr. Elliot's, though, grew much more charitable. His manners were an immediate recommendation, and on conversing with him, she found the solid so fully supporting the superficial. So she thinks, now that I've got to know him a little bit more, his manners match who he is. I think he's a great guy. And there's this quite a big paragraph of her description of him. He was steady, observant, moderate, candid, never run away with by spirits or by selfishness. She's very wrong there. But she doesn't Again, know they see what they see, they see what they expect to see and what they want to see. And that's the problem with polite society and polite manners, that people behave in the way that they're expected. And you don't really look past the surface. And people have such good practice at putting up the surface that people don't realise there's something else underneath. Mm. Anne still thinks there is something suspicious or inconsistent, something that requires more motives than appeared in Mr Elliot's great desire of a reconciliation. But Lady Russell thinks it's perfectly natural that he wants to get back in touch with the family. And we found out that he's been a widow for six months at this point. Seven. As it, he had not been a widower seven months. Ah, so it'll be six true. months. In his opinion about the Dorimples, because then the Dorimples are introduced, is very different to Anne's. <laughs> so they are nobility. His the value for rank and connection was greater than hers. The Dowager Viscountess de Rimple and her daughter, the Honourable Miss Carteret. I'm not sure how many steps above the Elliots they are, but the Elliots are just at the top of gentry, but they're not quite nobility. They may have a title, but they're not nobility. No. Because it's a created title, a baronet. It gets gifted by the king, I believe. So do all of them over time. I mean, an earldom and things like that would have been gifted by the king. I think a baronet can inherit it. There's some where you can be made a sir that you can't pass down. Those are lifetimes. Mm -hmm. But his was a inheritable one and had a came with a house, estate. But this one doesn't come with a house. Yeah, his. Baronets do? His does. Because otherwise that's Kellich, isn't it? His family home. I wasn't sure whether that came with being the baronet, though, like whether they already had the land and then they were awarded the title of baronet. They might have done, but I think. Now he's got the title. He can handle it down. Yeah, because yeah, Mr. Elliot is very concerned about coming Sir William. He doesn't want to inherit a um, wasted estate from his perspective. That's perfectly rational. So there's a little bit of worry that the Dalrymples aren't going to want to be friends. I didn't realise this story about that um, her husband had obviously died at the same time that Sir Walter was sick. There was no condolences settled. And that, of course, is a breach of protocol between family. So then the Durumples continue to breach protocol that when Lady Elliot dies, they don't send condolence and the acquaintances effectively drop. Lady Russell had heard her spoken of as a charming woman. <laughs> Very desirable that a connection should be renewed. She had acquired the name of a charming woman because she had a smile and a civil answer for everybody. Sir Walter would still go ahead on his own means and wrote a very fine letter of ample explanation, regret and entreaty to his right honourable cousin. So he grovelled well, I suppose. (laughs) 
I think that the Dorimples are used as a vehicle to create this conversation about manners in society between Mr. Elliot and Anne. Mm-hmm. And Anne actually comes up and says, I have more pride than any of you. I certainly am proud, too proud to enjoy a welcome which depends so entirely upon place. She's got real pride. She wants to be known for herself rather than we happen to be in Bath and we're their cousins. So if we were in London and where they had more acquaintance, they might not want to see us. Mr. Elliot argues for them as a family connection and them collecting good company around them. He says, as rank as rank, your being known to be related to them will have its use in fixing your family in that degree of consideration which we must all wish for. And then he goes on to bring Mrs. Clay into the conversation. We must feel that every addition to your father's society, among his equals or superiors, may be of use in diverging his thoughts from those who are beneath him. And he never outright says Mrs. Clay's name. He's being very subtle in feeling Anne out here. He sweet talks Anne. I'm interested whether Anne would be worried about Mrs. Clay if Mrs. Clay were more genuine if she were actually in love with Sir Walter would her being beneath Sir Walter matter the same then if she weren't just out for herself she doesn't see any affection there nor any respect and I think which I think is that's very important for do you think if Mrs Clay were madly in love with Sir Walter that Anne would mind the disparity in position as much Probably not, possibly not. I think she'd always still have some concerns. I think she would be more accepting of it and possibly help. That would also depend upon how Mrs Clay related to Anne. We know that Elizabeth would not be interested in it and would be doing everything to get Mrs Clay out of the way because she would see it as an unequal alliance, but... Yeah, I'd be interested of Anne's reaction if she thought Mrs. Clay actually genuinely cared for her father. Mm. I think she would always be anxious about the disparity in as much as if Elizabeth was going to be living with her all the time. And you could imagine the tension. Yeah, because Elizabeth would have to make way for her. Mr. Elliot saying, Good company requires only birth, education and manners. And with regard to education, is not very nice. And I think the nice there isn't the way we use it nowadays, but much more where they talk about it as being exacting. Birth and good manners are essential, but a little learning is by no means a dangerous thing in good company. Because if you read it as the modern version of nice, that sentence doesn't make any sense with what he then says. And that is our summary of chapter 16 of Persuasion by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. Here's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble, and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!